Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. The life. Do you know why you needed life? Do you know who is life? And are you ready to see your real, true life matured and developed for his purposes, for what it is that he's doing, that you might not only know him and work with him, but partner with him in his ways. This is one of the highest forms of sonship, is to be able to mature in our life that we might be able to partner with God in what he is doing. I hope that these next episodes, The Life, will be encouraging to you and provoking. Here we go, my friends. All right, here we are, and we are talking about awakening. Awakening to life as God meant for it to be. But in all things, we have to make certain that we understand what we're talking about when we talk about life. We mentioned in previous episode, life is Christ himself, the tree of life. It was him. And the choice that was put before mankind, Adam and Eve, was would you eat of Christ and he will come into your spirit, the glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory, plan A, was always that Christ would be indwelling the sons, God's people. And Adam and Eve were given the choice, and the enemy said, now God knows, you know, that you can be just like him. Which, just let me interject here, yes, (laughs) that was the plan. But the plan would be that we would be like God by sharing in his life, his nature, his mind, that we would be one with him and that he would cover the earth in his glory through his sons out of their freedom and by them placing themselves freely under his authority. But Adam and Eve didn't do that. They chose to believe a lie, to exchange the truth, again, Jesus himself, for a lie, the devil. (laughs) He's the father of all lies. And he told them, if you eat of this other tree, you'll be like God. And of course, attacking the character of God, you know, God's trying to keep something from you. You're going to need to come over here and get it yourself. You can be like God. And that is what they chose to Uh, eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I always say to people, I I know you see that good is on the same tree as evil. That's why I can tell you good is not the goal. Life has always been the goal. Life in them, from them, through them, with them. Life. Who they are. Their way of life. But them. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But when Adam and Eve made the cataclysmic, catastrophic decision that they would rather be God than be sons to God in Christ, then 
I mean, they literally cut hell loose. And an alien nature came into them. And it separated them from God. God wanted always to be one in spirit because that's who we really are. That's who God is. God is spirit, John 4, 34. And what happened in that moment when man decided he wanted to be God, in that moment he separated himself from God. And sin, self, came to be the nature that we inherited, this independence. And so now mankind, because we were all in Adam, the scripture tells us, Romans 5, 12 through 19, all in Adam, therefore we became sinners. And could I just suggest to you that means we became separated ones, separated from him. So that's what it means to be dead, is separated from life. And who is life? Christ, separated from him. So I would ask these simple questions. Why did we need life? Why did we need life? Well, because we were dead. We were separated from life himself. We were not dead as in we did not exist. We were dead as in separated from life himself. And that opened up doors to every kind of hell and depravity and filthy self-righteousness. All of these things that um, came to be as we were separated from life himself. So why did we need life? Well, we were dead. And this is what the scripture says in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. You can read it yourself. I'm reading out of the Amplified. It says, and you he made alive when you were dead by your trespasses and sins, in which at one time you walked habitually. You were following the course and fashion of this world. You were under the sway of the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. Among these, we as well as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh and the thoughts of the mind, our cravings dictated by our senses and our dark imaginings. We were then by nature children of God's wrath and heirs of his indignation like the rest of mankind. See, everybody was in this condition. I won't go into it too much, but right here we see where we are uh, being given God's judgment upon that nature that we inherited at that moment that caused us to be separated, that now we were dead, separated from life. I'm sure you're seeing a pattern. Even the sound of my voice and the fact that I repeat it may be agitating a bit, but I want to 
drive this home, give Holy Spirit much opportunity to literally pierce, to slice and dice by the sword that he wills, which is the word of God, that it will expose this, that we were not bad and needed to be good. We were dead and needed life. And the reason that life was to come to us was so that we could return to plan A, to be 100% compatible with God because we are like him, which was plan A. You see, it, it says here that every part of us was affected. It says that the flesh, the thoughts of the mind, and the nature See, our nature was in spirit and that fall, that cataclysmic, catastrophic um, death that came to us affected every part of us, spirit, soul, and body. Now, in the Message Bible, here's how it reads. It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. That was in the Message Bible, so that was verses 1 through 6. These are things to be thought upon, my friends. These are things to give reflection to, to be thinking about, to, to give the, the word time to pierce our dullness where somehow we think the goal is to be good, that somehow we think we're born with a heart for God. We've believed so many things that are not true. That's why the awakening is so necessary. Wake up, O oh sleeper. Wake up. That everything that is necessary for life and godliness has come to us. We are in Christ. So who is this life? Let me ask this again. Who is this life? Who are you awakening to? If your box is getting bigger, as we previously talked about, you have an appointment with him, you awaken to him, you come to life in him so that you can be one with him, so that you can have communion and fellowship and intimacy, being intimate and organic, springing up from life. That's what organic means. And then awakening to his purposes and, and moving with him in that and then participating in his purposes causes us then to partner in his ways. This is a, an amazing thing to think that God, as he matures his sons, he wants them partnering with him in what he's doing in the earth. As a matter of fact, he plans on doing it straight through us. So to go from I'm praying and then going into private 
secret place with him and then into, uh, you know, per- participating, but then to go into partnership. Wow. Right. The same way that Jesus did for whose life are we sharing in? Right. So let me get back. Who is this life? First John one, one and two says we are writing about the word of life. This is out of the amplified. We are writing about the word of life in him who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard, whom we have seen with our own eyes, whom we have gazed upon for ourselves and have touched with our own hands. And the life and aspect of his being was revealed and made manifest and demonstrated. And we saw as eyewitnesses and are testifying to and declare to you the life, the eternal life in him who already existed with the Father and who actually was made visible and was revealed to us, his followers. So what are they talking about? No, no, no. It's who they were talking about. They are talking about him, the word of life. For when I read it where life is, it's capitalized. It's a person, the person of Jesus Christ himself. Here's how it reads in the message. From the very first day we were there taking it all in. We heard it with our own ears, saw it with our own eyes, verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. And now we're telling you in most sober prose that what we witnessed was incredibly this, the infinite life of God himself took shape before us. Wow. Wow. Now here's how it says in 1 John 5, 20 in the Amplified. And we have seen and know positively that the Son of God has actually come to this world and has given us understanding and insight progressively to perceive, recognize, and come to know better and more clearly him who is true. And we are in him who is true, in his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. This man is the true God and life eternal. You know, when I was a young girl and I gave my heart to Jesus when I was seven, they told me, you've now received eternal life. You're now going to live forever. I had no concept that I had actually entered into and it had entered into me was life himself, Jesus Christ, and that I now shared in someone's life, their nature. I did not know this. I just thought, okay, I'm going to live forever just in eternity. No, eternal life is this man who is the one true God and life eternal. I now share in eternal life, a life that has no beginning and no end. I have entered into, that's why I have an eternal past, eternal present, eternal future. Ooh, ooh, this is so good. Here's how 1 John 5, 20 reads in the message. Actually, it's verses 18 through 21. We know that none of the God begotten makes a practice of sin, fatal sin. The God begotten are also the God protected. The evil one can't lay a hand on them. We know that we are held firm by God. It's only the people of the world who continue in the grip of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God came so we could recognize and understand the truth of God. What a gift. 
And we are living in the truth itself in God's Son, Jesus Christ. This Jesus is both true God and real life. Dear children, be on guard against all clever facsimiles. Wow, the life. Awaken to Him. No matter where you are in the box, (laughs) the boxes that I spoke of, Maybe you've just awakened to him and become born again. Maybe you're at the place where you're understanding that he wants you to know him and you're communing with him at a new level. Maybe you're at the place where you are participating with him in his purposes and your focus is working and serving. But my friend, sonship is upon you. Maturing sonship is upon you as you awaken to him and what he has always longed for. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 tells it to us that he's always longed for us to be fully maturing sons. Maturity is spoken of so often throughout the scripture. And now we begin to realize he wants us partnering with him in his ways in his way of life, being a full expression of him, as much as it is written down and destined by him to be in this life, we are to rule with him. We are to be those who are seeing his very life inside of us maturing and developing, because then we will be those who are load-bearing sons. We will be those who are partnering with him and we know his ways. We are not clueless in this hour of history. Oh, my friends, my friends, awaken to life. Until next time, here is a good place for me to interject that on February 9th, 2024, we're having a private online event here at Nancy McCready Ministries, and I want to make sure you know about it. The event itself is called The Vault. It is meaning that I'm opening up the vault of God's treasure bringing that out, bringing it forth. Uh, The vault is also, if you've ever heard of pole vaulting, it means that you're able to go over things that are hindrances, that have been barriers. Those things will no longer hold you back. And it's also, my friends, a vault is known as a burial chamber. There are things, again, that we need to be clear that they have died so that we may live. And so a vault is a burial chamber. And there are certain things that we need to enter into his death at a whole new depth that we might enter into his life, the only life that is load-bearing. Thank you for listening today. Before we go, I have one final ask and a new bit of info. If you like our content here at Tent Talk, hit the share button to tell someone about it and subscribe at nancymccready.com forward slash podcast so you don't miss another episode. Also, be sure to look in the episode notes and see where you can download the conversation guide. There you will find questions and you will be able to use those with your friends, your team, your small group, and we hope that it really does provoke you deeper into your process of life with him. All of our podcasts here at Tent Talk are listener supported and your gifts at nancymccready.com are greatly appreciated. Thanks for joining me here and I look forward to our next time together.